Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. 86% of people, especially B2B, um, will look up LinkedIn as part of the buying process. So it's it's one of the top three places they go. So, I mean, 86% and you're sitting there as the business owner of a company and they go, oh, I don't need to be on LinkedIn. And it's like, well, somebody's looking up you, how well you run your company, what you're all about, what your integrity is, all that sort of thing. They're looking that up on LinkedIn. And when I when I develop profiles for people, I always say to them, you know, your LinkedIn profile will either compel or repel. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Careers bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads. Well, hello and welcome back to my careers podcast where I interview amazing professionals who've either made fascinating career changes or are leaders in their field. Now, today I have a very special lady, Gillian Bullock, on the show, and she is the LinkedIn Ninja Down Under. Now, this is an accreditation, not just a cool sounding name. She's one of an elite group of only nine LinkedIn ninjas worldwide and the only one in Australia. It requires 12 months of studying this one social media platform plus testing to receive a certification by the original USA-based LinkedIn Ninja. Gillian is so passionate about the power and future of LinkedIn that it has become her career and her mission. Now, Gillian's career journey includes very interesting marketing roles at Bally Shoes, ING Investments, and the iconic Australian Sheridan bedding fashion brand before transitioning into becoming the LinkedIn Ninja Down Under. Gillian's often interviewed for the mainstream media such as the Sydney Morning Herald and in specific publications that cater to the industries to which she is accredited to award continuing development points. This includes the New South Wales Law Society, Mortgage and Financial Advisory Association and the FPA Financial Planning Association. This accreditation has enabled those who work in these professions services a way to meet their industry requirements each year while also learning how to generate new leads and increase their brand's awareness via LinkedIn. So let's welcome the LinkedIn Ninja to the show. Hi Gillian. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank you so much for your time this morning on a, a sunny Sydney Sydney morning. It's my pleasure to, to get to interview you today. And so how about to kick us off because this is all about careers. Yes, let's, let's find out about your early days in your career and what were your career aspirations when you were a teeny tiny little girl? 
teeny tiny. <laughs> well, if you're going to go back that far, I actually wanted to be a vet. Ah, okay. Um, yes, but I think I mucked around in school too much and didn't get the grades. A mm. um, bit too much of the class clown there. So, um, And then I realised you had to put animals down as part of it, so mm. I, I decided not to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I do remember if we go a little bit further forward, um, careers, a, a, a very big turning point in my life was the careers day in about year nine or ten um and there was i went into the school hall at my high school which was actually in melbourne um and there was about 400 different career people around the big auditorium and i walked in there with my mum and we looked at we just went around and we looked at all the you know doctors nurses bankers whatever it was all around the room And I said to my mum, where's the self-employed person? And Mm. she said, hmm, I don't know. So we went and asked the organisers and they said, oh, no, we didn't get anybody like that. And I said, right, mum, let's go home. So I knew very early on that I wanted to be my own boss. Um, Both my parents were self-employed. It was all I kind of knew. And... um, I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew I wanted to be the leader and the boss and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, so I knew, I knew that straight away and then it was just a matter of um, kind of going, going to the workforce um, in the view of taking notes on managers and bosses um, to see what I liked, what I responded to, if they motivated me, if they demotivated me, what they did and didn't do when I was in the workforce so that I could apply that one day. Mm, okay, so that was interesting. So so both your parents were self-employed. They ran their own businesses or consulting yeah. firms or whatever it might have been. And so for you, self-employment was a, a very natural, successful option. Yeah, well, my dad was a milkman. Mm-hmm. Um, he did that for 27 years, my, my entire life. And so um, it would be the self-employment more than the business owner mm-hmm. because he was very dictated by the prices of the dairy industry and where he had to do it and he did the same thing every single day. Mm-hmm. So there, to me, there's, it took me a long time to realise there's a difference between self-employment and business owner. Mm-hmm. Um So he was definitely self-employed. My mum bought a recipe, (laughs) uh, which was a fudge recipe, and she turned that business into Grand's Fudge. Um, Really? Yeah, and so she owned the licence for Melbourne and to manufacture in Melbourne, and that did become a business that had sort of eight or nine people working for her. So that was more of the, the business, and I worked... I worked actually at work in there cooking fudge and all sorts of things when I was growing up and I, I was very popular at parties because you always yeah. take fudge, wouldn't you? What, what, a, what a yummy way to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the chocolate-coated fudge, yeah. Oh, a, I love fudge. It okay. got on my hands mm. uh, during school holidays. So that was <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't think of nicer ways to spend your days. Yes, <laughs> surrounded by fudge. It's a little and bit yeah, like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, isn't it? It was, and I was always waiting for the day when I got sick of it, and it mm. just—it actually never happened. <laughs> no, please, nobody ever gets fed up of fudge. Let me tell. And my favorite, my favorite, Gillian, is yeah, hot go. fudge. Hot fudge on really, really cold vanilla ice cream. So I'm just. Oh, right. 
I'm just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did like it when it specific, like when the time that it came off the cooker and it was still warm. Mm. That that was still my favourite way to mm. eat it directly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We could have a whole chocolate conversation, yeah. but anyway, this is all about careers. Let's yeah, rain yeah, us, right. rain us back in. Okay, <laughs> right. so so early days, you're inspired by your parents because they were very independent um, uh, business people, self-employed people, and yeah. so when when you started your career then because I know you worked at Bally Shoes and ING and Sheridan and you know very very different uh, organizations and different yes. industries too but always in a marketing function did you start your career in marketing um well when I when I moved from Melbourne to Sydney I didn't know really what I wanted to do um so I decided to go and do a office administration course at TAFE um because I thought to myself it doesn't really matter what I do I need to know how to type Mm. Um, so I, I wasn't sure whether I was going to go back to uni and finish my fine art degree. Um, I, I really wasn't, wasn't sure. So I went and did that. Um, and then I just started applying for different positions, um, as a office manager or receptionist and, um, ended up at, at Bally Footwear. Um, and it was there that I ended up doing um, different bits of admin work for the marketing department. And then I went, oh, my God, it was like the, 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 the holy grail. And I just went, oh, my God, that's so creative, um, but yet has a business focus. And it, it, all the pieces came together. Um, it was all the creative stuff because I did a lot of art. Uh, Year 12 was all about art for me. I uh, got into fine art at Monash University in Melbourne. Um, you know, it was all, but I could never, I could never get the monetization of art um, mm. until Ken Doan came out uh, mm. in the 80s and 90s. If you remember him, he, he sort of did all those, those paintings mm. and then commercialized it. And all of a sudden they were on pencil cases and, and uh, glasses frames and, and T-shirts and towels. And I went, oh, my God, he makes money out of art. <laughs> He's not a struggling artist like all my teachers were. Um, yeah, and I didn't, I didn't realise at the time that was marketing. So it wasn't until I went to um, Bally Footwear that the penny dropped and I went, aha, that's it. So then I started studying marketing. Mm. Um, and, and also because of the background, always thinking about being self-employed, I still didn't quite know how that would look. But I was attracted to uh, the diversity of companies. Um, so, like, Bally was only, um, had five stores at the time, so it was about 40 staff. So I was sort of always on the lookout for, okay, I've done the small business. Um, that was almost, I can't remember if it was franchised or not, but their head office was in Switzerland um, or satellite office or something. Mm -hmm. um, so my next thing was, like, I've got to go bigger. So I've got to learn what the corporate world's like and... Uh, how managers deal with staff and, and going back to that motivating people and demotivating. So it wasn't the attraction to the industries, it was more attraction to the getting experience in the structures and trying to find and get interviewed by good managers. Because mm -hmm. quite often you get interviewed by the HR person and you have no idea who you're going to work for. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, it's so important whenever you go into an organization that the culture has to fit. And meeting with HR is good because you can learn about the organization, but ultimately you're going to be liaising the most with your manager and your team members. Yeah. Um, and that fit is, is so important, isn't it? Mm. So you had yeah. some time time um, and learning all about marketing and getting really inspired by, mm. you know, Ken Doan is obviously your, your big inspiration there. It was then, yeah. yeah. But I wasn't doing uh, now. <laughs> Um, but but then transitioning into ING, now that's completely different. Here you are in investments and financial services and something completely different. And the, this was still in a marketing capacity, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. well, there's sort of a bit of a backstory to that. So when I was at Bali, um, there was a major downturn in the Asian um, tourism industry, which was Bali's biggest uh, income at the time. And we took a major, major hit for uh, income within the company. And so I actually spent nights putting together um, a report for the managers and the managing director uh, just in my own time of going, okay, you've got this much budget, where else can we, um, where else can we spend it within the Australian market to attract more of the high-end Australian people? Because like, at the time, Bally Shoes were $400 instead of, you know, $130, which was most other brands. So it's it's a high-end brand. Uh, now they're about $1,000, but anyway. Um, and so I did this report and presented it to them. Um, and, you know, this is just my story, okay, but basically I was found that I was made redundant very quickly. Oh. And, yes, and I didn't realise that the, <laughs> the person that I was reporting to was sleeping with the managing director. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so mm. I didn't uh, I didn't put all that together. I was a bit of a naive, you know, 21, 23-year-old at the time. Um and so I made her look bad. Mm. So I was I was made redundant pretty quick. <laughs> um but then I went to um, Monash Manalizer Business School and um really delved into they they did leadership and management training. So I was like, oh, yes, this is exactly the right thing because this is all about, you know, leading people and managing staff and that's exactly what I need. Um, but I had the most brilliant manager there um, for two years and I left there within two weeks after she left. Mm. Um, the money was not great. The hours were quite big, um, but I loved her. I would have done anything for her. Mm-hmm. And I always thought to myself, if I felt that way about her, how do I make my staff feel that way working for me? Mm-hmm. Um, so when she left, there was no need for me to stay anymore. Yeah. So that's when I literally went across to the building over the other side of York Street mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I was able to keep my coffee shop still then. Um, <laughs> that's very important, that's very especially important. in Australia with our very, very cafe good. culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I went across the road to uh, Retiring Best, which is a subsidiary of ING. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I got there. But again, I wanted to step up into a mass corporation and see how all that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was my last formal role. Yeah. And that's, that's very, very different from what you're doing today. So now, how, now help me fill in the gaps here. So, so from marketing roles, well, first of all, administrative roles, yes. which grew and grew, and then you discovered marketing, and then yep. you know you got additional qualifications and studied, etc. And then yes. you got heavily into more senior marketing roles, yes. and then 
how, how did you make this leap? What, what, what's this LinkedIn ninja stuff? How did that happen? <laughs> um, okay, so I'm, I'm at uh, Retire Invest and, and um, it was very interesting because Retire Invest is mostly franchised. So there was 200 um, other franchises around Australia. So it was really easy to compare what results I was getting for the Sydney office compared to what other people were getting in other offices. Um, and so when I did comparisons of the results I was getting, they were just like 300% better and things like that. So I was like, you know what, I re- do really know what I'm doing <laughs> um, and my manager really, really doesn't. And um, so I guess there was, uh, to be honest, probably an ego thing and I went, you know, I, I can do this. It's time. I'm going to go out on my own and become a marketing consultant for finance companies and, and management development because that's where I came from. Um, and that worked uh, quite well. There was a lot of your smaller uh, entrepreneurial uh, one-man band or five-man band kind of finance companies that um, thought, yeah, she knows what she's doing and she knows what she's doing within this industry. We'll tell our colleague, friend, neighbour, whatever. So it sort of spread. But that was 2002. So within probably three or four years, um, people were just asking me about this, what's this Facebook thing and what's this LinkedIn thing? Um, And so I thought, I have no idea. I better find out. So um, I started still doing the generalised marketing consultancy. but just looking into all these social medias in the background um, and then started being asked to manage accounts for people and so on and so forth. So that grew to having 14 people on board um, within the company. Um, Yeah, which then became a little bit of a challenge with uh, personalities. Um, They they sort of had the proverbial... uh, contests (laughs) a lot of the time so it was it it sort of grew too quickly uh for me to deal with all those personalities and and to be thrust into management Mm -hmm. uh where I came from corporate I didn't manage any bigger number than two people um so to manage 14 uh was a big a big difference um yeah and also you know when I was in corporate, of course, you you know you've got an expenditure budget of two million dollars or something, and if you if you stuff it up, it's not really going to come out of your pocket. Um, but when you're self-employed, not that I ever spent two million dollars on uh, on budgets, but um, yeah, when you stuff up when you're self-employed, you really hurt. Yeah, yeah, you're it's a, such a challenge when you're running your own business as well. Business and and business, I mean, yeah. le- leadership is one thing when you're in an organisation, but then when it's leadership and it's your baby, it's your business, mm-hmm. you really have to pull together a cohesive team. And I think the problem with so many entrepreneurs is when they are successful and they grow faster than anticipated, yes. then you get all of these other problems that you really might not be equipped to to I, deal I, with, I and it might not be what you want to deal with either. Um, and yeah. so growing is a good thing, but sometimes it's, mm. it's, it's not really the blessing that you think it is. No, no, it was, it was, it was an interesting time, but one of my, um, one of my copywriters, my sales copywriter was us based and she knew, uh, the original LinkedIn ninja in, uh, Cincinnati. And sh- that, that lady was on the lookout for growing her brand, 
uh, past the US borders. And um, so they, they got together and spoke about me. Um, apparently she had gone to Australians many times and they had all failed the first test, which is actually to prove uh, ROI for um, the, those those accounts that you manage. And I was like, well, why would you do it if you can't <laughs> give somebody a return on investment? That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, how would you even sleep at night if you're not doing that? Um, I, it, it, was, it was baffling to me, but apparently it's, and over the, over the, the years now I see that there's a lot of companies that take people's money that, that don't give ROI at all. Um, mm. So you, you live and learn that as you go along. But, um, yeah, so the, the first one was to actually do a screen share on Skype and log in as somebody and say, well, you know, I've done X, Y and Z and this was the outcome and I can show you the messages and the appointments made and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, and so she's like, oh, okay, well, that's great. I'd like to invite you to do this course. It's going to take you about 12 months. And I went, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> you're, not, you're talking to me here. <laughs> and it took me about 11 and a half months. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an awful lot that you need to learn. So, so to become the LinkedIn ninja down under or to become a LinkedIn ninja, first of all, you need to understand LinkedIn, correct? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, um, okay. yep. And then you were selected to represent the LinkedIn Ninja, yes, which is based in the, the States. And she put you through this really intensive training course so that you could learn all the ins and outs of LinkedIn and how you could use it to help businesses grow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So okay. there was one module on the HR part. Um, I have no background, as you know, in, in recruitment, HR, hated writing my resume when I was in the workforce, hated the interview process, the whole lot of it. So um, I was very happy to skim through that particular module. May I say, Julian, you're a bit of a renegade. There was a lot of stuff that you didn't <laughs> like. <laughs> yes, you're a little bit bolshy, I've decided. <laughs> and you know, you know what bolshy means much better as an entrepreneur than as an employee. Obviously, <laughs> yes, yes, it would absolutely mm -hmm. kill me to yeah. to go back and work for somebody yeah. else. Yeah, I think you're cut out for entrepreneurship. Okay, okay. So. so you skim through the HR side. You thought I'm not going to have to yes. need, need to deal with this. Okay, yeah, and yeah. Then... That was that. That reminded me of high school again, of just mm. doing the bare minimum the night before mm. kind of stuff. <laughs> um, Yes. So, um, yeah, but the it was actually, got, I got to module three um, of the program and I had this sort of moment of, oh my God, I didn't know what I didn't know um, when I was managing accounts for the last four years, being a, a social media manager with LinkedIn for people. Um, and I just thought, my God, there's like 21, 22 modules. And by module three, I was finding stuff I didn't know. Um, so it started the process in my head of going, you know what, people in Australia need to know this stuff um, and they need to have somebody to go to that's not just taking their money, not, you know, going through the motions, doing what they've found by clicking on a few things and going, oh, yeah, I can show other people that now. Um, and it was in that process when I was finishing that 11 months, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that I started to think I, I, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to cut down these 14 people, um, but also cut out the other social media platforms. Um, mm -hmm. So I just basically finished up the contracts over that 12 months period um, 
and said to those clients, look, you know, we've finished, we've finished doing your Twitter and your Facebook uh, now, so if you'd like to keep going, this is the, the person I was using, um, you know, this is the staff member that was, was doing that for you. They're going to go and be a consultant if they weren't one before. Um, and so you can go to them or, you know, kind of find somewhere so, else. So, so then, so what you did was you decided, okay, no more of any of the other digital social media platforms. Yeah. I'm going to focus only on LinkedIn. Yes. And that must be because you found that to be the most effective lead generation tool. Oh, it was, it was, I always liked it. Um, I definitely always liked it. It was my favorite out of the four. Mm-hmm. Um, because, probably because when I did my um, diploma in marketing, um, there was a major component of direct marketing on it. Now, back in the day, in the 90s, that was much more to do with um, direct mail mm. um, and advertising and so forth like that. But um, to do LinkedIn and be able to, you know, you, you're trying to work with, you know, the CEO of Fitness First, for example. This is your target market and you go, that that's who I want to speak to. And you can just do a couple of searches on LinkedIn, find out who it is, and then either message them directly through an email or you can reach out to connect directly. Well, every other, you know, before LinkedIn came about, you'd have to do some major research mm. of who the heck that is, where they're located, what, uh, how to get their mail to them and whatever your message is. You know, it was just this whole process. Mm. But all of a sudden, it, it not only cut it down to, you know, within an hour, within 10 minutes probably, you found out who it is, how to contact them. You send a message and they've responded. Mm. Uh, it was just, you know, that, that's, that's the most pure form of direct marketing there is. Whereas for me, and I'm, you know, let me be upfront, I am not a Facebook ninja. <laughs> I'm barely a Facebook user half the time. I had a message there the other day. I'm seeing for two months because I'm logged in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're too busy on LinkedIn. <laughs> well, I got I got two staff now again, so you know they do mm-hmm. the posting and whatever. But yeah. yeah, I am. I'm too busy on LinkedIn to to be on there. But um, but you know, you try and find the CEO of Fitness First through Twitter or through um, Facebook. It's I would have to talk to an expert to even know if that's possible. Mm. Um, and also, a lot of those people might not be on those social media platforms. Well, because, they, yeah, well, they might yeah. be like me that don't, you know, don't do the posting there themselves mm-hmm. and don't log in. <laughs> mm. Yeah, there's still an awful lot of people who don't like to use social media. I, I've coached so many people going through a transition, and I ask them, you know, what's your digital strategy? They go, well, I don't want to be online. <laughs> yes. I'm thinking, well, okay, if you don't like fa- uh, Facebook, you don't like Twitter or Instagram or Pinterest, or because they think of it more as social media, right. the one thing that they should be on is LinkedIn because that's professional networking. Yes. Um, the thing that I think people miss uh, out on knowing is that um, there was a survey done uh, in Australia in, I think it was November 2014. Uh, I don't believe they've done another survey since um, unless I haven't found it, but I'll just go by the stats that I know. Um, and they found that in a buying process, um, 86% of people, especially B2B, um, will look up LinkedIn as part of the buying process. So it's, it's one of the top three places they go. Mm. So, I mean, 86%. And you're sitting there as the business owner of a company and they go, oh, I don't need to be on LinkedIn. And it's like, well, 
somebody's looking up you, how well you run your company, what you're all about, what your integrity is, all that sort of thing. They're looking that up on LinkedIn. And when I, when I develop profiles for people, I always say to them, you know, your LinkedIn profile will either compel or repel. So it's either compelling somebody to, um, to take action. So it'll compel them to call you, to connect with you, to email you, to follow you, whatever it is. It compels them to take action. Or if, especially if you're not on there at all, um, but if you're only there very briefly and there's hardly any information, that's a repellent because they just go, oh, well, there's nothing there. I'll move on to the next person. And there's 450 million people or such on, on LinkedIn. There's another next person. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's so important to have a full LinkedIn profile uh, with a lot of media as well so that people can see you know, a video, your audio or images or whatever uh, and, and really have a compelling uh, summary statement in there yes. so that, that talks to your desired audience. But with your work as the LinkedIn Ninja, because it's all to do with lead generation for yes. businesses, yes? Because yes. With, with, with the work that you do um, with uh, New South Wales Law Society and MFAA and the Financial Planning Association, so you're yes. training people how to use this to generate leads for their sales teams. Is that correct? Uh, yes, or for them yeah. individually, because yeah. a lot of lawyers do their own marketing, marketing. for example. Yeah. Um, and, and different industries are different. So, mm-hmm. for example, um, the law, uh, people that are lawyers or solicitors, um, part of a LinkedIn strategy is, uh, in actual fact, working with other lawyers. Because if you're, you know, just say you're a family lawyer and you've helped uh, such and such person, Joe Bloggs, with um, their divorce, then Joe Bloggs gets in trouble for a couple of D, um, I don't know, whatever's, DIYs. <laughs> no, that's do-it-yourself, isn't it? What's it called when you're drinking under the D-U-I. D- that's it. <laughs> See, that's how little I drink. <laughs> so let's say they got in trouble with the law. They might think to themselves, let me go back to my divorce lawyer because that's the only lawyer I know. Well, that person isn't qualified to help you out of a, you know, sort of misdemeanor criminal charge so they would pass you on to another lawyer so lawyers um very often you know then that person has it needs a contract or something for for employees that's different again you need a commercial Mm -hmm. lawyer so um yes there's definitely larger firms that have all of the types of law within the law firm um, but there are definitely lawyers that specialise. So a LinkedIn strategy for lawyers, for example, um, needs to build your network with other lawyers. Um, mortgage brokers, however, they're all competitive against everybody. So you don't want all your connections to be uh, all the people that you go to um, training events with that are 40, 50, 100 other mortgage brokers. Mm. you're not going to get any business that way so yes please have them on your phone and emails and catch up with them for a beer or whatever but to have a solid linkedin strategy completely different strategy so uh, over the years of of helping different people with different um with all sorts of different businesses uh there are definite patterns to certain industries Mm. Um, so that's sort of why i've niched niched myself in there's actually a linkedin trainer in america um who's really funny 
and he, he, he's got this very thick American accent and he says um, that the riches are in the niches. <laughs> yes. and, that's, and that's so true except when you Australianise that because mm. the riches are in the niches. Exactly. It doesn't that's quite work, exactly. does it? Or <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the nouveau riche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um, yeah. But anyway, but the, the message is very fundamentally true and, and I've found... You know, when I when I was doing all four social media, um, my income level was at a certain point, and then when I became uh, a LinkedIn specialist, it exploded to a certain point. Um, but then when I niched again and went to certain industries, it exploded again. Mm. So it, it's it's so true. It's it's ridiculous, and I can't tell you how many people um, you know approach me and are looking at working with me for, for gaining new leads on LinkedIn. And one of my first questions is, okay, well, who's your target market? Because reading your profile, I can't tell, <laughs> uh, which is a little bit of an uh, alarm bell. But, and and if, if their answer has the word anyone in it, we've got a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because honestly, I mean, you can't market to everybody because it's a bit like, you know, if you, if you cast your net so wide, you get an awful lot of, jetsam and flotsam and whatever you call it you know you get a lot of rubbish as well yes. um you know eventually there will be one fish that you actually want but sure. um, you'll get so so much else that you need to filter through and whereas yeah. if you've got you know just that one hook for a specific specific target then it might take a little bit longer but you're going to get you know exactly what you're looking for Yes, but, yeah. but it, it, it translates to everything. You know, I, I probably get 40% of my business would be not from those industries, mm. um, which is great, and they're just usually word-of-mouth referrals and whatnot, but my actual active marketing is to those industries. Mm. So it's, it's always, um, you know, it's very specific messages, very specific tips, very specific marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes it really easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, when you're conducting this this LinkedIn training, say for financial planners yes. or for lawyers, um, you guide them through. I'm, I'm just trying to find out exactly what your services are now. So sure. you guide them through creating a powerful LinkedIn profile that is targeted to their particular niche yes. or niche, if you're listening in America. <laughs> okay, yep. and then what? Um, well, then it's actually, it, it all depends on um, the person and, and what resources they've got. Mm-hmm. So some people have, they work within a company and there's a marketing person in-house that concentrates solely on content. So they have somebody they can go to for content. Others have no resources like that. So, and they love to write. So I will guide them in what to write and how to write it um, so that they've got, because LinkedIn is very content driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, whereas others, you know, they don't have the resource of a content writer and they don't have the time. So it's like, okay, well, you know, I do, I've been approached by 105,000 copywriters over the years, uh, as I do with photographers as well. Um, but you know, there, there are some copywriters that I'll recommend, um, that are great. Some of them are ex lawyers or something. Um, so sometimes they can get really specific. Um, copywriters that can help them to create content so it, it kind of it does vary um, of, of what it is I do have 
you know, the more generalised information um, for each one of these industries on as an e-course uh, on my website. Um, but the rest I would either do in workshops um, and I'm working with the Law Society of New South Wales at the moment to... Um, uh, get my my workshops into their roster, so it's actually being held in Macquarie Street, um, which should which would be nice because <laughs> then they'll do all the marketing instead of me. Um, yeah, so and then the rest of it is all one on one um, stuff to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, what 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 do you tend to do more of? Do you tend to work more with the corporates mm-hmm. or more with individuals? Uh, corporates, as in. People that are employed. Yeah. So say say if um, say if it was a real estate agency, yeah. and they think okay, all our sales team need to be using LinkedIn more effectively. Uh, would you prefer to have um, an assignment working for one particular company to train all of their sales teams to do it right, or do you prefer more you know that individual lawyers or financial planners to come to you for advice on lead generation? Uh, I'm working with a real estate agency at the moment. I ah. don't know if I'm allowed to say their name, mm-hmm. so I'll leave it out mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> um, just in case I'm not because yeah. I've never asked them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been working with the head office at ah. the moment mm-hmm. um, because their message is very uh, jumbled. Mm-hmm. Basically, their their company um, pages not only talk about, you know, um, trends in in the New South Wales real estate market, but it also tries to attract new franchisees. So it's a very mixed message. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, if you're buying property, who cares about selling new franchises? I don't want to read that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think they were getting into the headspace of who is their audience reading it. Um, Hence, they've got a very small following. Mm-hmm. On their um, company page. So at the the plan is to um, get that message happening at a company level first, which then can be filtered down through um, key people within the franchised offices. Um, and then the plan next is to actually go uh, either through the the real estate agents themselves will either do my uh, new up and coming e course, which is going to be accredited with the Real Estate Institute in New South Wales, uh, just waiting on the approval. Um, it's either going to be that way or I will go from office to office. We're not sure yet. But the, the, I'm working with the head office right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So you've got the financial planners, you've got the lawyers and you've got the real estate agents too. Yeah, so yeah. accountants are on the cards um, as well. There's five. Let me think who it is. The mortgage brokers, financial planners, um, lawyers, real estate agents, and accountants, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. What an interesting business you've created <laughs> uh, here. And so you're based in Sydney. So I am. if someone wanted to get you, yeah, <laughs> how, yes. would they, how would they find you or employ you or have you conduct me. a work? <laughs> well, <laughs> I really don't understand. I know. know. <laughs> well, you have such an eclectic career path. It's very interesting. But say if someone wanted to um, – secure your services yes, so yes. that, you know, their team or for themselves, they can actually use LinkedIn for lead generation. Where can they find you, Julia? Uh, very easily they can find me on LinkedIn. Mm. <laughs> um, so if they looked up Julian Bullock with a J, mm-hmm. uh, J-I-L-L-I-A-N and Bullock, B-U-L-L-O-C-K, the LinkedIn ninja down under, mm-hmm. uh, they can send me a personalised message through there. Um, I do offer a free 20-minute 
um, what I call discovery session because um, it's very hard to give any kind of advice over the phone without having looked at their profile and what their activity is and um, as you probably know, you can go in and spy a bit on what they've been doing for the last 30 or 90 days. Mm-hmm. Um, so that always helps. Um, so, yeah, so we, we do that little discovery session first. That's really easy. Um, or they can go to the Contact Us page on my website and that mm-hmm. comes through directly to my email as well. Okay, perfect. So what I'll do, Gillian, is I'll have yeah. on my show notes on janejacksoncoach.com all of your links. Okay. They'll be hyperlinked so they can just click straight through. Also on Twitter, you are LinkedIn Ninja AU. And of course, they'll find you on LinkedIn so easily if they just if they <laughs> just, just put in the search field LinkedIn Ninja down under. Yes. <laughs> Gillian Bullock. In fact, they won't even need your name, will they? Because you're the only one down here. I am the only um, one so, down here. So that's brilliant. And um, and if, if anyone, you know, isn't able to find you for whatever, just drop me an email at jane at janejacksoncoach.com and I'll tell yes. you where to get Gillian. If after so, all that, yeah. they still can't find me. Yeah. So what are your top three tips for LinkedIn success, Gillian? Oh, top three tips. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's really hard. There's so, so many. Mm. Um, I, I could give you lame ones like make sure you're on LinkedIn. <laughs> but I won't. I won't be that lame. Um, I think basically looking at your profile with uh, and, and almost literally putting the hat on of your target market. If your target market cannot read your profile and know what you do very, very clearly and almost self, um, what's it called, self-approve, um, you know, so getting rid of tie kickers is just as important as attracting the right people. Um, and if they have to click onto your website to actually get the proper information, then your LinkedIn profile is incomplete. Mm. So, so doing a, a kind of a, an assessment and sometimes it's really cool to um, actually ask somebody else to do it and you do it for them. Mm. But you, you've read it so many times, you hopefully agonised over what copy to put on there and all that sort of thing. Uh, if, it, if it doesn't stand on its own, then it's not a good document. Um, looking at it like a document as well rather than a CV, uh, if you've got the words duties and responsibilities in there, you have not got a uh, sales document that is called a CV. Mm. Um, so that would probably be the next one. And the last part would um, would be thinking about the, the human population itself, and that is that 65% of human beings are visual learners. And uh, LinkedIn can be a very vanilla document. Um, and so looking at LinkedIn and going, how, how can I portray my key messages visually? So that might be the background image um, at the top or that might be adding media. You've got a lot of media on, on your one, um, Jane. I think I've got too much media <laughs> on mine. <laughs> well, anything more than three, it's hidden. So you know, <laughs> yeah. is, is it too much? I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't think so because it's mm. hidden. I mean, you've got 108 uh, articles, I think, or 118 articles yeah. on yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. Way more than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good on you. But but you know, um, I, I always the top one. 
Yeah, so, but but I always think that with with all of the media that you put on there, the more people can read about you mm. or listen to you or see you if it's a video or look at a picture or whatever, then they can form an opinion as to whether they want to work with you or not. Do they like you? Yes. And the more media you have on there, I mean, exactly right. It it means that they can actually start to form a little bit of a relationship with you and start to think, oh, okay, well, that's your personality. That's yes. what you've done. Quite like your style or no, mm. I don't like your style. And you're right. What it does is it self-filters, especially yes. if, if you're trying to you know, a, a, attract a certain audience and you're running mm-hmm. your own business in particular too. A niche or a niche. Yeah, yeah or a niche, <laughs> niche or niche. Yes. Um, but, but, but it does sort of self-filter, doesn't it? Because yes. I always think, and, and I like to tell people to think of your LinkedIn profile almost like it's a website. So yes, if people land on it, they've got to find out about what you do, what do you offer, yeah. who, who do you want, who, who's your dream client, who is it that you really want to work with and attract yes. those people because not everyone is going to be everybody else's cup of tea. No, yeah. no, very true. Yeah. We've all got such different styles and, and that's why being able to get to know someone's personality makes such a difference. Yes, yeah. and, I, and I think there's also um, a certain level of personality and style needs to go in it as mm. well. Um, you know, I've just, I've just written a blog this morning and, and uploaded it, which I called, um, LinkedIn's Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, I like Um, that. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I've actually changed all the lyrics of Bohemian Rhapsody to do with LinkedIn. So I'd love you to have a look at that one. Oh yeah. Is it live? (laughs) Is it live already? If it is, I'll hop on straight after this podcast. Oh yeah. Okay. I'll have Um, a look. Yeah. So, and I mean, if you, if you, if you, Put your personality into it, um, I think you'll attract the types of people you want to work with anyway. Um, now, I swear like a trooper when I'm not being recorded. Thank you for um, restraining yourself. <laughs> well, I don't go that far um, because LinkedIn is also a very professional platform and when I'm in a professional setting, I can hold my tongue unless whoever I'm working with lets a few bombs out, um, then I may loosen up a little bit. But I, I am not one of those people that are, are happy to type swear words. Um, I think it's a bit crass to type them. Um, yeah, but, you know, there's a, there's a heck of a lot to people's personalities. You don't need to shock people. Um, there, there was a lady who did... She was doing, um, she would be quite interesting. She was doing articles, um, I can't remember her topic now, but it was kind of boring and there was only about 100 people looking at them. And then she decided to put the F word in her title and she had about 120,000 views the next, the next article. Mm. Um, and she thought, oh, that was it. it and I think that, that article was something to do with entrepreneurial, um, being an entrepreneur. and she took it as it went kind of a viral because of the swearing. So then she did an article every day for four days doing all sorts of different swear words um, and took it as far as she could go. And then she was banned from LinkedIn. <laughs> You've got to be careful. <laughs> so, and it's like, well, you know, you, you didn't do it intelligently. Mm, you know, yeah. you're trying to get views by being crass. Mm-hmm. Um, not because you're an actually an expert in your field. Yeah, I think that's the important thing. Anything that you put out there has got to be truly your thought leadership and be of benefit to others to read, not just to be clickbait or for shock value. Sometimes, yeah. you know, th- th- there might be something that will be shocking, but you can't 
sort of keep it up regularly. Um, it still has got to be something that's going to be of value to others. They're going to learn and it'll position you as that expert in the field, yes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I, I mean, with my, my style, for example, um, like the Bohemian Rhapsody thing, I like to get information out there, but there's a lot of people writing about LinkedIn all over the world. So, mm-hmm. so I, I like to put some other personality into it because then it's remembered. Mm. You know what I think so, the Bohemian Rhapsody thing, if it's what I'm thinking mm. of, should be sung yeah. and put into a podcast. It should be. <laughs> that could be it. Maybe <laughs> you need to mark, sing I, and record it and I will help you promote it, Gillian. I read it to my marketing manager yesterday and she's like, oh, you've got to record this. And I mm. went, oh, my God, I haven't sung since mm. high school. <laughs> oh, well, I'm curious. Well, I'm, I'm going to, I think I might add, add the link to that in my show notes as well so people can find you. Now, Gillian, I can talk to you all day and you're a very interesting lady. You've had an interesting career path and also a lot of really very nice, simple, down-to-earth tips on how to make LinkedIn um, a great lead generation tool. So, you know, what you see is what you get with you, yes, <laughs> which, I, which I think is really, really important too. And obviously yeah. you, you, you get the results and so your results speak for themselves. So yes. that's fantastic. So it's yes. been such a pleasure. Thank you for taking time out of your busy Friday afternoon now yes, no uh, to, to have a chat on our, our um, podcast. And I got and through the whole podcast without swearing, see? Yeah, I know. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. Okay, you must be so exhausted. Now go and have, do some stress relief or whatever it is that you've got to yeah. do. Okay, so, so people can um, actually book in for a 20-minute free exploratory conversation with yep. you um, if they go to um, linkedinninja.com.au yes. and uh, again I'll have I'll have all of these links on my show notes yep. too so well, can... thank you thank you so much for your yes. time oh, it's been I... great having a chat with you lots of fun uh, <laughs> and um, we will have you back on the show again very soon and we'll talk more things to do with Ooh. LinkedIn okay okay thanks Bye. bye Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. Whether you're in exploration mode, 
road or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Program is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.